0: My co-host, Mari Cleveland and John Gordon. Hey, Hey, guys. Hey, Craig. Well, again, you know, folks, we always have great topics, and we have another wonderful one today. We're speaking with Susan Milani about everyday evangelizing. You know, and it's interesting because today we've lost our idea of what our purposes are in life. You know, nobody knows what they're supposed to be doing. And, you know, I think if we follow our faith, we recognize that God created everyone with a purpose in mind way before time ever began, and he... Created us with a specific purpose for our life, which is interesting. And obviously, you know, as Father Larry Richards has said on our show, it's to know him, to love him, but it's not to live in that. It's to pass that along to everybody else. How do we share that? And it's interesting in today's world when we try to get shut down constantly from speaking about God because, you know, people may get offended. God seems to be calling us once again to greater evangelization just by living our lives every day. So it'd be interesting to hear what your thoughts are on how you can evangelize every single day.
1: You know, it's interesting when I was a very kind of younger in my faith. So in my early twenties, I remember talking to a wise person and I said, um, some of my friends talk about witnessing and I don't really understand this whole concept of what does it mean to witness? And he said, you know what witness, what witnessing really is. It means make a friend, be a friend. And then bring that friend closer to Christ. And I thought, oh, I can actually do that. <laughs> I I love people. I can go make friends. I can be a really strong friend to somebody. And then I can just share what Jesus is doing and and hope to bring them closer to Jesus. And I think that's what part of what we're called to do. It's it's not um, any more special than that because what I found is the Holy Spirit working in you brings other people who need to hear about Christ to you, right? So the Holy Spirit goes out there and and tugs other people's hearts and woos other people. And then if you're just open to talk about what God's doing in your life, other people start to ask more questions. And like I said, I used to be really afraid of it when I was much, much younger. And now it becomes just part of who I am. And whether people want to hear it or not, I, I'm just they cannot always always, listen. Right? They cannot listen. I'm just always talking about him, and um, and that's one of the reasons we've got my dear friend Susan Milani on with us today because she does that great. What about for you, John?
2: There were two things in my life of which I was petrified: evangelizing and sales. I said I would never do either for a living, right? And um, and now I do both pretty regularly. <laughs> but I, for an evangelization, I think what I realized maybe later than I should have is it's not about me; just plant the seed i don't I do not have to convert this person. I simply need to plant a seed, yeah. and I don't need to do it from a religious platform uh I work in a very large corporation, and a lot of what I believe doesn't you know fit well with what a lot of other folks around me believe um doesn't matter. I don't have to convince them they just have to know there's a crucifix hanging on the wall in my office that Helps. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it's it's subtle things. And we've done everything from simply saying these are values by which we will run our business um, and and all the way up to bringing people in the office in certain situations, those who were up for it and and starting the day with a prayer. Right. So it's just it's just I think you said it's just like it's what's going on and. Who do we talk to just recently? Jesus said, I am the light and that and you are the light. Right. Mm. Just be the light. Just mm-hmm. reflect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I don't have to I don't have to be the source. I can just reflect mm-hmm. something good. That's beautiful. So
0: you actually pay attention when you go to mass.
2: Yes, I do. At least. For
1: at least... No, it's... it's really good I sit between you two guys. Sometimes I realize this. Well, you know what?
2: Because right, if you could move this way, because that shirt is blinding me right now. It, just...
0: I'm glad we're not on camera. This
1: uh,
2: is beautiful. I like your shirt. I like well,
1: your shirt. Why don't, John. We, you know what? Why don't we let John open up <laughs> yeah, prayer? Pray. Let's, let's take this to a sacred place, John.
2: Oh, <laughs> Okay, here we go. Let's start in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I... Thank you. We thank you for the joy that is you in our lives. Sometimes we see it immediately. Sometimes we miss it. Sometimes it takes us a while. But today we just want to reflect your joy and we want to ask your blessings on a person who on whom you poured out your love and your joy and you drew her in to reflect that joy to others. We ask you to bless our time together. We ask you to open our minds and hearts, and especially the minds and hearts of our listeners, so the light that we bring, the joy that we bring, might touch all the right places and all the right people. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
3: Amen. Father,
1: Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, Susan, welcome into the family room. Thank you so much. Oh, so we are so very excited to have you today, and we are thankful that you're here. And listeners, you may recognize Susan's beautiful voice because if you join us for the Divine Mercy Chaplet, which plays every day at three o'clock here on the quest. Um, You hear Susan. She's actually number four. (laughs) Prayer number four. Prayer number four. Yes. Um, And so you hear her voice. But one of the reasons we invited Susan into the family room is because she does evangelize every day. She just has a practical way of naturally doing it. And she's actually shaking her head at me because (laughs) it comes so naturally she doesn't even realize she does it, but she does it. And she has some wonderful stories of her doing it it, any place from she's eating in the Waffle House and the Holy Spirit pricks her heart and says, Go evangelize to those people, to really practical ways that she evangelizes to the children and the parents of her now grown children. Mm-hmm. And Susan, our listeners are always looking for a great practical ways of sharing our faith. And so we are thankful you are here with us today.
3: Thank you for having me. Yes.
0: So I have a question, Susan. Sure. It's funny how we ask questions on this show. Yes. Um, you have a, I guess, a. a miraculous story of your life and we talk about everybody having a purpose and you know jeremiah 1 5 talks about you know before you were born i formed you in the womb and i knew you which is is kind of cool when you think about the god of the universe knew us at a time but um you, know, you have quite a family history and it's kind of some dramatic events would you bring us up to speed on your past and some of that? Sure, I would
3: be happy to. So um, I am an only child of immigrant parents, um, Harry and Erica Blass, who unfortunately are both deceased. Um, My father was from Lodz, Poland. He was one of seven children, uh, five sisters and two brothers. And my mother um, was from a very small town in East Germany called Gravesmuhl in East Germany. And she was one of three. Um, She was of a mixed marriage. Her dad was Christian and her mother was Jewish. Um, So by the Jewish faith, that means that she was Jewish. She had two siblings. So just to kind of move the story along, my father at the age of 16, he and his entire family um, were taken to a work camp uh, just outside of Ludge and eventually moved to Auschwitz where he lost his parents and his five sisters. So only he and his brother survived. He spent six years in the concentration camps and ultimately was housed underneath the barracks of the Jewish doctor who was nursing him and his brother back to health, I guess, if you could say at the time, and got him papers to be released from Auschwitz, which was miraculous, right? God already had a hand in mm. my life, even back then. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, from that point, he went to my mother's very small town, Mill in East Germany, met up with my mother, they fell in love instantly, um, decided to get married, and they were going to escape to West Germany. So if you know the story of the times back then they had to go through checkpoint charlie my father had arranged for a guard to be there had paid him whatever money he had given him jewelry and No surprise here. The guard was not there at the time that they were trying to get across. So they literally ran across Checkpoint Charlie at the Mm. time and made it into Germany. That no man's land. That no man's land, which is actually quite beautiful to this day. But thinking back in the time, it was all full of mines and just a horrific place. So fast forward, they get to Hamburg, Germany. Um, they decide that they're going to come to the united states for a better life my father and my mother get on a boat so they literally are on the boat coming over to the united states they land in new york and they spend eleven years there before they had me which again is a miracle my mom and dad were not supposed to have children and my mom did crazy things like eat watermelon seeds because that's what she had been told <laughs> by her mother. It's how you get pregnant. So I don't know. Anyway, um, she ends up getting pregnant with me. And I was born in 1961 and uh, spent the first five years of my life in New York and ultimately ended up in Charleston, South Carolina.
0: And raised Jewish?
3: And raised in a very Jewish home, very yeah. Jewish home. When
2: one thinks of culture in Charleston and the Bronx, New York. Yeah, I get <laughs> Jewish in Bronx, New yeah, York. Yeah. I don't get Jewish don't in Charleston. You see dreidels in
3: Charleston? Talk and... about that. Well, so, so let me just like? tell you, said, you. You
2: didn't say I grew up in
3: a Jewish home. You very said I grew Jewish. up in a very yeah. Jewish home. So the Jewish community in Charleston, South Carolina is actually quite large. Ah, Charleston okay. and Savannah, Georgia, both have extraordinarily large Jewish populations. All right. And oddly enough, um, survivors of the holocaust landed in charleston ah. wow. so my father's first cousin and her husband made their way to charleston there was a connection and w- that's how we ended up going to charleston ah. our, our neighborhood was so jewish that we actually purchased a home so that we would have a synagogue in the neighborhood that we could walk to for the sabbath because you're not supposed to drive on the sabbath so we would walk to synagogue I mean, that's how Jewish, I grew up with Jewish youth group. It was all about being Jewish. Yeah.
2: Got wow. it. So that, that makes sense then. That makes way more sense because I'm like, wow, how do you end up in Charleston? Yeah. But that's, but that's a community and, and caring for each other is, I mean, it's not just a Christian concept, right? I mean, we no. are Judeo, we have a Judeo Christian yes. heritage and. And so
3: really, that's kind of how it flows. Absolutely. Right? And I mean, if you think about it, you know, we were Jewish first, right? right? Yeah. So, Jesus was, was a good, devout Jew. <laughs> he was a good, devout Jew from Charleston South. No, I'm just kidding. Um, just kidding about that. Yeah. Yeah. But he probably walked to synagogue, too. He probably did walk to synagogue, too. Absolutely. But he
2: didn't have shrimp and grits.
3: No, he did not have shrimp. So
0: just curious, and grits. how was it an Orthodox
3: Jewish? It was, was not. It I was. It was conservative. conservative. Okay. It was a conservative um, synagogue. And um, we had all all three different sects we had all the reformed conservative and orthodox jews that could go there it was not our actual shul our synagogue um, but it was a place where we could all go worship on friday and saturday should we choose to do that Um, a lot of people did live in the downtown area but for this community it was west of the ashley and i feel like that was just a magnet for a jewish community because most of my neighbors were jewish
0: that's good i have a really odd question and and i know we
1: we like odd questions craig (laughs)
0: especially (laughs) because they come from me, usually. Um, And maybe you're going to go into this more in depth later. But growing up, very Jewish. How many of those things that you encountered in that faith do you see carried forward in our church today, meaning incense, meaning fasting, whatever? How would you
3: it's all the of parallels. them. It's all yeah. of them. I mean, that was the root of the Christian faith, yeah. right? The Jewish faith is the root of the Christian faith. And so I always tell... I've said this to Mari for years and years and years through our women's Bible study groups. I wish that there were more Jewish people that would simply turn the page from the Old Testament to the New Testament, because it really is just a continuation of the story. So everything that we do, you know, in the Mass is steeped in the Jewish yes. faith. Mm-hmm. So all of it made so much sense to me, which you know, it's all about God just revealing it all to me in, in his way.
2: It, we were at a Jewish wedding, um, several months ago and, um, somebody was talking about the blessing before dinner. Right. And I actually have a Jewish friend who tried to teach it to me in, in Hebrew, in Hebrew. and and I can't do that, but I believe it's something like, blessed are you Lord God, creator of the universe mm-hmm. who bringeth forth bread from the earth. That's right? correct. And so they were trying to say that they couldn't remember it, but all you got to remember is blessed are you, it's, it's our prayer before the- before That's the exactly Before right. the- uh, The, at the Yeah, he yeah. says it, it's, it's, so it's very. So I, I guess the question that I wanted to ask you is knowing all these, mm-hmm. how we are so woven together in our traditions and in our, our, our rituals and liturgies, God somehow called you from a place that you were very comfortable yes. to another
3: place yes. where
2: you're clearly very comfortable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, how, Tell us sometimes. how that, how did, how did he get you?
3: So it really started back in New York, okay? When I was very young, I was a very precocious young lady and only child, doted on by my parents. And someone would walk into our apartment And I would say, hi, my name is Susan. Are you Jewish? And my mom is going, oh, my goodness. She's so myopic. She needs to stop this. So we got to Charleston. (laughs) And and because you were five when you went to Charleston? Yeah, I mean, I was five and below. So so when
1: you were like three, four, five, you were saying that. Yeah,
3: I'm shaking an adult hand and saying, hi, my name is Susan. Are you Jewish? And my mom's just going, oh, my gosh. Anyway. We moved to Charleston, and I became friends with a Christian family. Her name is Sherry King. I'll never forget her as long as I live because I think that she probably doesn't even realize the impact that her family had on me. My mother approached the Kings and said... I really need Susan to be more exposed to all faiths. I don't want her to grow up so myopic that she doesn't have respect for other faiths. Can she please celebrate Easter and Christmas with you? Mm. And so I did from the second grade until fifth grade. I celebrated the holidays with the kings. So I totally got it. I had my own Christmas stocking. I had my own Easter basket. But they were really good about sharing the stories behind the Uh, holiday. They were not Catholic, but they were Christian. And I think that God was still pricking, pricking my heart, saying, Susan, just open your eyes a little bit wider and listen. Listen to what I'm trying to say to you.
1: Oh, and so I've got goosebumps thinking about, you know, actually I've got tears, um, thinking about your mom and how your mom was so, um, she just saw that there was more for you well, without even knowing what more was going to become for you.
3: So I think that came from her family, right? I yeah. said she was from a mixed Mixed family, so yeah. her, her, you know, father's is Christian, mother is Jewish. My grandfather on my mother's side was actually taken away by the SS mm-hmm. because he was helping Jews escape underground. So he was
1: Christian, taken away. So by. he was
3: Christian, helping Jews, and he was taken away by the SS. And then my mother's mother passed away when she was 16, of pneumonia. So she was responsible for raising her siblings. Mm. And at that point, they had been moved to a farm because the Nazis were coming. Mm. And so the people who owned the farm said, oh, these, these people are Christian. These kids are Christian. They're ours. My mom's mother, I mean, excuse me, sister and brother are Christian. My mom chose to be Jewish because she married my father. Wow. So she had a respect Mm-hmm. She just had this respect for all faith, and she didn't want me to grow up with blinders on mm-hmm. and not respecting other people for what they believed. Right. Yeah. Wow.
1: So listeners, if you are just tuning in, you are here with us in the family room, and we are here today with Susan Milani, and we're talking about everyday evangelizing and how just taking the story that God has written on your heart and um, maybe even through your own heritage and saying, how does he want you to walk into that more deeply and more richly? and um, continue to glorify him and share him with other people. And so those are the things that as we're moving through um, Susan's journey, hearing more about that, how he created this foundation for you, Mm -hmm. Susan, that then just um, the Holy Spirit, anybody who meets Susan, they can see the Holy Spirit and they can see the joy of Christ Mm -hmm. just well through her. And I think that it's neat to to listen and to see as people tell their story. And you can Almost see how it's poured in and how it's steeped even deeper and richer. So he started to woo you to him there in Charleston when you were growing up. Yes, yep, and then you started to be brought even closer to um, maybe the Catholic faith than through various gifts how did how did that start happening
3: so i married my husband bob um it'll be twenty eight years this september and i actually went to go meet his family two years prior to us getting married it was his parents fortieth wedding anniversary so the entire he's one of seven children very catholic family his mom I'm pretty sure has a seat right next to God. (laughs) She is a saint. Um, And she always was very patient with me. She would take the time to explain some of the Catholic rituals to me and she never made me feel dumb about asking. We had the most wonderful conversations. So I went to go meet the whole Milani family at their 40th wedding anniversary, as I said, and one of the aunts was a nun. And I looked at my husband. I'm like, you're taking your Jewish girlfriend to the 40th (laughs) wedding anniversary to meet your aunt, the nun. And I got all thumbs up. I don't know what happened. I mean, maybe God was with me there too, but it all, that's how it all started. And I think just being around Bob's family and seeing Bob's faith, um, he loved going to church and I would go to church with him and I would yearn to go up and get the Eucharist. So I would see him go and I would stay in the pew and I would sob and he would come back and he'd be like, are you okay? And I'm like, I want that. I want Mm -hmm. that part of the journey. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Okay, well, you know, (laughs) then go get that part of the journey. And that's kind of how it all started was definitely through his family and the influence that they had on my life. Yeah. And then the Eucharist and the Eucharist. Yeah. Yeah. Just wanting that Eucharist. I would go up and I'd get a blessing and I so wanted to uncross my arms so that I could get the Eucharist. And I never did until I was, you know, fully in the faith. But it was just beautiful. It was just beautiful to watch all those people receiving the Eucharist. And I just wanted it. I just knew I wanted it.
1: Well, you know, it's, I, I have to mention this because as you say that, I'm thinking about a story. I just heard Sister Breege McKenna tell this story. And we <clears throat> um, we had the honor of having Sister Breege and Father Pablo, who are here in Atlanta for missions, um, speak on our um, on, in the family room. They joined us in the family room. And I heard her just recently tell the story of going and having a um, Eucharistic miracle uh, mass and then having a Eucharistic uh, mission um, in In Taiwan, Uh, and she said they didn't know it, and they were in this huge church, and. Um, she, they were, she was talking and she was sharing and the priest and she was, she didn't know that not everybody was Catholic. She didn't realize she thought that it was a lot of Catholics, Chinese and Taiwanese Catholics who had come and she was being translated. She was standing up there on, on the altar and she was giving a talk. And one woman was translating in Chinese Mandarin and the other woman was translating in Taiwanese. And so she wasn't sure exactly what all they were saying. And she started describing, okay, Jesus is going to be here. Jesus is coming because the priest was going to come with the monster. And you know, and do a Eucharistic um, uh, uh, procession. Procession, mm-hmm. yeah, with the Eucharist, and and go and walk around with the monstrance, with the host. And she was explaining. So the host, Jesus is right here. Jesus is going to be here. He's coming. So look at him. Look at him, and tell him what you want. And he is real. He's a real person. Jesus is here, right before you. He is here. And she said, and she's watching. And she, what she didn't know was. Uh, one group had brought a bus of Buddhists in. And there were all these Buddhist um, faithful people. And they were sitting there and they're watching and they're listening. And so the priest starts to come and, and they're, they're seeing the monstrance. And she said all the chairs started scraping backwards and people started talking and talking and she didn't understand because it was in Chinese. And the Chinese interpreter turned to her and they said, sister, they're saying, we believe we see you, you are here. Oh my gosh, you are here, we believe. And I get goosebumps, wow. like they knew that was Jesus. They knew it was Jesus and I'm thinking about, the, the Pew research that was recently done about the number of Catholics who don't believe Jesus wow. is present fully, you know, soul, divinity, everything in the Eucharist. Yeah, that, I know we have we have Jesus. We have the real life Jesus right there for us mm-hmm. in our churches mm-hmm. at on our altars in the tabernacles every day. And we don't recognize mm-hmm. that. And and you as a young woman, a Jewish woman knew that was Jesus mm-hmm. and wanted you you had a thirst for the mm-hmm. the Eucharist and these Buddhist people saw him and knew it was him that he just woos us straight to him. It was so beautiful. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting because you talk about evangelizing every day. And I think that's where sometimes I know I miss the opportunity because you know, we go to Mass and if you listen to Father Rochelle talk about what Mass was like years ago, mm. silent. Mm-hmm. You knew when you walked through the doors you were in a holy place. Actually, St. Peter Chanel, we have a young lady that takes her shoes off going to communion Mm -hmm. because she believes it's that holy of a Mm -hmm. place. I've heard stories of a Protestant woman when I was living in Birmingham who said, if you all really believed Christ was there in the Eucharist, you would be on your hands and knees going up to Mm -hmm. communion. And I just think that, you know, from my perspective, I know it. I believe it. Do I live it? Again, you go back to I can talk all day to everybody about it. But when i'm in his presence am i really mm-hmm. reverent or am i still looking around and mm-hmm. seeing who's in mass and waving to john in the, in the in the side row or whatever it is and i think it's a great reminder that you know you're in the presence of a king
1: mm-hmm. yeah but
0: but
2: or and there was there's a desire yeah. so we i think we sometimes take that for granted i got to adoration early on monday and there's uh, a couple of people. Well, there's one person who's always there. And then there was another woman who was there. Sometimes I've seen her there a couple of times, but I, I, I've I've never seen her come in and go out. And it was the same deal um, when she went up. She je- did a profound genuflection mm-hmm. at the front and then she bowed her head and backed out of the Blessed mm-hmm. Sacrament. Yeah, won't like turn she back would, turn, would not mm-hmm. turn her yeah. back on the yeah. on the Blessed Sacrament. Yeah. I think that's tough because sometimes we can get to the point like. Oh, we gotta, we gotta grovel around. The beauty of our Lord and Savior is He came as a human being mm-hmm. because He so desires to be in that kind of a relationship mm-hmm. with us, right? He doesn't want us to grovel. Mm-hmm. He wants us to come, as Father Richards uh, said, you know, rest your head on His chest, right. as as John did at, at the Last Supper, right? That's the kind of relationship mm-hmm. He seeks to have with us. Yeah. So I, I applaud the the the. Uh, uh, reverence but I also want to remind folks as it there's this desire and he Mm -hmm. draws us to be intimate with him Mm -hmm. yeah
1: so okay so he drew you to Mm -hmm. be and and bob said okay then go for it right but you still had okay your father's family was killed at auschwitz right you come from this tradition this jewish tradition that you're honoring that right so what was that
3: transition then what happened for you so it was difficult because i really wanted to convert much earlier than i did but my father was still alive and i felt like it would be the worst type of disrespect to my father to do something like that after mm-hmm. he was persecuted for his faith. Yeah. So um, so at that point I uh, said, you know, I, I can either wait or I'll just observe as much as I can just not be able to receive the Eucharist. Well fast forward, my father passes away, my mom moves in with us for a short period One day I was uh, she had moved out to a retirement home shortly after she actually moved in with us. Don't know why that happened. But anyway, um, so she moved to a retirement home and I would take her groceries on Mondays and make sure all of her medications were all squared away. And I walked in one day and we were just sitting there chatting and she goes, are you Catholic yet? And I'm like, "Um." no. (laughs) And she said, why are you not Catholic yet? Your whole family should, should observe your faith together. You need to be Catholic. And I literally felt like the yoke was just taken off of my shoulders And I went the next week to the OCIC class at Transfiguration, which was funny because when I walked in there, the two leaders saw me walk in and they're like, oh, are you coming to teach tonight? Because I had done so much at Transfiguration in volunteering and teaching kids and all that stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm here to convert to Catholicism. And they were like, what? They had no idea. They had no idea that I wasn't Catholic because I was that involved in the church. I just couldn't receive the Eucharist. They just thought you were Really bad sinner. They just or what apparently was the they thought I was. I don't
1: know. Maybe <laughs> maybe I had that look.
3: Specialist. She was yeah. an Old Testament. It's gone. because
1: she went to mass so often that she didn't need to. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> to confess my sin. Yeah. Well,
3: that's a whole nother topic, right? A whole nother
1: day. Oh my gosh. So, uh, listeners, you are here with us in the family room, and we are talking with Susan Milani on everyday evangeliz- evangelizing. And so, please stay tuned, and we will be back in just a few minutes. And stay tuned for some really great. Insight and wisdom, and practical ideas for how to share your faith.
4: We'll be right
0: back inside the family room in moments. Sponsored by Versprite on The Quest. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see versprite.com. That's V E R Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. Here at The Quest, we often hear how our programs touch hearts and change lives. St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com.
4: This is Lisa Popchek from More to Life. Catholic Radio changes lives. It's for you, with you, every single day. Whether you're rejoicing over something and you need a community to share that with, or you're struggling with something and you need a community to support you, we're here for you every day to teach you about your faith and to help you live it. This is your home, and we're always here for you. Thanks to our friends at EWTN, our programming is provided free of charge. But this station has other expenses that must be paid to keep the doors open and the lights on. Support of your local Catholic radio station helps keep shows like More to Life available in your area. No matter the amount, your gift works to make a difference for you, for others, and for the future of Catholic radio. Please prayerfully consider making a gift right now. We'll talk to you soon. To donate, log on to thequestatlanta.com.
0: Welcome back to The Family Room with Mari, John, and Craig. Sponsored by Versprite Sprite on AM 1160, The Quest. Welcome back into The Family Room where we're having a discussion with Susan Milani on everyday evangelizing. Great job in the first half. Thank you. Now we've got to have a tougher question. All right, let's go. Family Room. hmm When you close your eyes and think of a Family Room moment that just excites you or really generates a great memory from
3: you. Mm-hmm pre-marriage post-marriage whichever you choose so my the one moment that stands out for me is when i was a a young girl and my dad um worked all the time he owned a delicatessen right from new york Um, so he owned a delicatessen in charleston and he was up every morning at 4 a.m to go in and get everything prepped for the day Mm -hmm. And would go to bed pretty much at 8 p.m. at night. So our time to spend as a family was dinner and then right after dinner. So my family room moment is after dinner when my dad and I would go into the family room. My mom would be washing the dishes. And my dad, I would sit in front of my dad's chair and we would watch the news together and he would brush my hair. Oh mm. And I'll never forget right, it. Right, As long as I live. Yep. That was the, the closest I think we could be mm. for just those few moments. And then he would... Go to bed because he had to get up at four a.m. Wow! Yeah. He would what brush your hair. And he would brush my hair
1: because, for a man who'd been through so much, there was not a ton of gentleness. No, there was not, and but that was that his was thing. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. yeah. that's amazing. I love only
0: child stories. I'm <laughs> an only child, and my wife constantly reminds me of that for some reason. But yeah, I can appreciate it. I the get it. Only a lot. Children, yeah, oh so well, good. We've got that, we get that now. bond now. Yes, yeah. we do. <laughs>
2: So uh, I think, I I would like to ask you, Susan, that that we're talking about everyday evangelization. I don't think I'm odd in that, (laughs) well, for this particular reason. Wow. uh, This is our family room. So for all the reasons for which you could apply the odd moniker to me, I would suggest this may not be one, that like evangelization is like not like this, not. The first thing that you think about when you mm. take a new job, you meet new friends, you're like, I'm going to evangelize them every day. Mm-hmm. But talk about like, what is it? What's the, It's very practical mm-hmm. in your opinion and in your ex and in your exercise. Talk about everyday evangelization for us.
3: So I guess I don't really think of it necessarily as the proper title of evangelizing. I just talk to people about God and I listen to people. And sometimes the opportunity comes about for me to talk about God and I'll give you a story. So my son and I were at a Waffle House one day. Uh, Mari knows this story and is already giggling. Um, And we're sitting there in a booth. We normally never would sit at the booth. We would sit at the counter because we like to watch the cooks do the smothered and covered stuff. So we were sitting in a booth that particular day. And behind us, there were four young people, a couple, and then two young ladies across from them. And... Jack and I are talking, and all of a sudden I start listening to their conversation, and I come to find out that the two young girls are Mormons, and they're trying to get people to come to their church, which is fine. Um, So the young couple is asking all these questions, and the two young ladies, the missionaries, are like, well, we have a book for you in the trunk of our car. And why don't we go out there? So Jack is looking at me. And he's already shaking his head don't feverishly. It, huh? <laughs> Mom, please do not accost these people. <laughs> so I'm holding him off. I'm sipping my coffee at the Waffle House and the four people walk out and I see the young couple get in their car and the two young missionaries go to the trunk and they get the book and they walk it over to them. So the missionaries leave and I'm like Jack. I'm so sorry. I gotta do it, and I run out of the Waffle House, and I go up to them. I'm like, "Y'all, I'm just a mama. It's very safe to talk to me." I said, "But I just gotta tell you, ya, look a
1: little scary. I do
3: look a little. Sometimes I do look a little." Scary. Today she's absolutely beautiful. Okay. Thank you. So I say to them, "Look." I overheard your story, and I just need to tell you that if you really want to learn the truth, I have a book for you. I want you to go to the Catholic bookstore on Sandy Plains. that's now closed, and I want you to buy the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and I want you to start reading it. And then I'm giving you my number, and I want you to come to Mass with me and my family. So sure enough, they go. They buy the Catechism the the young man calls me and says, can I meet you at Mass? And he meets my family and I, and we go to Mass for two weeks in a row, and he makes the decision at the end of the second week that he wants to join the Catholic faith. Wow. So I didn't do anything special. (laughs) I just listened. I would have to disagree with that. You (laughs) You didn't
2: do anything special and
3: I'm not odd. (laughs) Well, my son has probably never forgiven me for that moment because he was like, oh my God, I can't believe my mother. But it was just one of those things where I felt like I didn't want these people that wanted to know the truth about God to be led in in a different direction right. i wanted them to truly right. find the truth
1: you know and this is the part where remember when i said earlier how the holy spirit wells up within us mm-hmm. but the holy spirit is also pricking somebody else because mm-hmm. the other amazing part of that story i mean it was amazing that susan hurdled the the uh, the <laughs> booth at waffle house and headed out <laughs> into the parking lot but how many people would then go? Yeah, yeah, lady. Okay, I'm going to go down the street to the right. bookstore, and I'm going to buy this huge book. Right, right. The, 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 none
0: of us read, by the way. Right.
1: Yeah, the Catechism is very large. <laughs> yeah. Right. Start
0: with a
2: C or a K.
1: <laughs> right. And I'm going to then come to Mass, and I'm going to be willing to call you. I mean, God ordained Clearly. that entire. Interaction So bizarre. And all you had to do is say yes. Mm. And then they were ripe and they were ready. Mm-hmm. And then they did their, but you had to do your part first. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't done your part, that would not have happened. Mm-hmm. So,
2: cause let's take one detour here. Yes. Because I would bet money that 10 out of 11 people, I'm not sure why it's not nine out of 10, but <laughs> studies have been done. <laughs> but 10 out of 11 people who just heard that are like, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. That is not everyday Um, evangelization, except for this, you had this prompting and you followed it. Yeah. Many of us get the prompting. It may not be scattered, smothered and out the door you go (laughs) at the Waffle House, but it's like, just look at that person and smile, invite that person to coffee. So it's the prompting that you're talking about, Mari. That's what's critical, right? You had a unique one, but yeah, that's what you're saying yeah that's well, important.
1: And here's the part. It's normal. She's in a normal place. She's in Waffle House. She's having a normal conversation with her son. She has she overhears other people talking. We that happens to us normally every day. But the supernatural right. entered into mm-hmm. Susan's normal. And she obeyed, obeyed, Mm -hmm. you obeyed. obeyed. Mm -hmm. And here's the other part. You had a zeal for the Catholic faith too, right? Mm -hmm. So all of us who are Catholics, do we have that same zeal that we're like, oh my gosh, I'm a mama. You know, you have that mama's heart. I want you to know the truth. And here's how I'm going to encourage you to go do that. I mean, that was just incredible. Well,
3: I think, you know, the discussions that we've had in our women's Bible study, you know, uh, for the cradle Catholics and for the converts as well. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we feel like if we can't you know, quote the scripture mm-hmm. verse mm-hmm. that we are not that it is not enough we're not adequate we can't we certainly can't talk about god's word because we don't know the full verse properly well, that's not the the case at all. Mm-hmm. If you know the beauty of god's word, it doesn't matter if you quote scripture it's just to talk about it, yeah, and so I do that all i mean I do that in my coffee house every single day mm-hmm. and it's been amazing how many different people. Not just you know, at the Waffle House, but that come in and are not Catholic, right, will come and talk to me about God. And I will, every customer that leaves, I say, have a blessed day, whether they want to hear it or not. That's what they're gonna hear from me every single day.
1: Well, and that's one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, too, is because, you know, so many people say, okay, it's we live in a secular world, Mm -hmm. right? Uh So how are we allowed to do that? Are Mm -hmm. we allowed to have these conversations Mm -hmm. in our work life? You know, John was just giving beautiful examples that he is at a very large, large, corporation um it's not a catholic corporation it's a regular secular um, corporation and he's got a crucifix hanging Mm -hmm. in his office so people can see that i remember when i was in a in a secular role i was the um i had a, a a leadership role in human resources at a court company. And I remember somebody in that company saying to me, Oh my gosh, I witnessed this terrible car accident on my way home. And she was the, she was the CFO at the time of this company. And I was the director of HR. And she said, and all of a sudden I had this urge, I wanted to pray. And I thought of you because you would pray with me. Right. Right. So she knew me well enough to know that I would be the one she could turn to to pray with. And Mm -hmm. in that odd, it was somebody that she worked with. Right. Mm -hmm. But you and your husband, Bob, have um, a new venture. You've got the Lazy Labrador Coffee House, yeah. right, Crazy. in um, downtown Kennesaw. But from the beginning, yeah. you guys offered that dream to God and asked him yeah. to be a part of that. So everything from how you created it, how you built it, how, what you did with it, because I, I want to jump to that because yeah, sure. you just mentioned that, that yeah. that's what happens every day is that the Holy Spirit's bringing these people in and then you're able to offer
3: yeah. God. It's amazing, yeah. so it was a we restored a historic home in downtown Kennesaw, and it was in shambles would be a compliment mm. for this place. Mari saw it at the very <laughs> beginning. and so it took a lot of um commitment and it was a lot of frustration. But early on, my husband and I both said, look, if this is meant to be, and it's God's will, then it will open. And if it's not meant to be, and it's not God's will, then it won't. And we were good with that. We were fine. We were going to invest in our community. We've lived in Kennesaw our whole married life. So that's what we wanted to do. So um, after many, many months of restoration, um, it was Easter time. And I decided for my husband's Easter basket gift, because it's important to give your husband or your spouse an Easter basket gift. I bought him a very large Mary statue. And I said, let's go put this in the garden because we spent a lot of money doing our outdoor space as well. I said, let's go put this in the garden. And y'all, I am not kidding when I say this. From the moment that we did that, things turned around and Mm. everything started going our way. Then we had Father Neil, who is the priest at St. Catherine of Santa. We asked him, because he's just lovely and a big supporter of the coffee house. Will you please come pray over the coffee house and bless it with holy water so he came over and he walked the entire coffee house and he blessed it with holy water and i it was just amazing from that point on everything started going well construction was complete our doors have opened and now people will make mention of the fact that we love your mary statue out there we'll walk that way intentionally just to see your mary statue and i'm like isn't it lovely That's awesome. And then
1: didn't you say that somebody
3: recently like left a rose? So it was actually Bob who did that for Mother's Day. Oh,
1: he put a rose on. So
3: he had bought roses for me for Mother's Day and he took one of those roses and he said to me, Susan, I took one of your roses and I put it at Mary's feet. And I'm like, That's perfect.
1: Yeah. And that's become a mission field. You said that amazing things happen. People do come in and you're able to talk to God about them.
3: All the time. it's just amazing. We have pastors from many, many different faiths um that come in and they'll prepare their sermons at our coffee house they come there and they will pray out loud we have men's bible study groups in fact this morning my entire coffee house was full of men from three different churches that took over the entire coffee house and they have bible study there awesome. i couldn't have pl- this is definitely not us we wanted this it was our desire but we are so certain that god had a hand in all of this because that's who comes into our coffee house that's the best you know, he
0: F- puts me. those desires on your heart just like True. it was to come into the church and I think we need to uh I think we need to do a remote from her coffee house at some point oh, in time. That that so fun. Fun. Yeah, I think we can get Dave off from behind the board. We need yeah. to go do a remote and, oh, yeah. and, and do that there. Uh, folks you're listening to the Family Room and uh, as we've been talking about we're with uh, Susan Milani here talking about evangelizing every day and you know Susan there's a, obviously a lot of things that come out that are awesome. Two things that really strike me. Number one is I grew up in the North. We had churches on every street corner. It became a cultural thing, oftentimes. Very faithful people. When I moved to Birmingham and now here, the converts are lighting fires everywhere they go. Mm. Not saying that cradle Catholics aren't, so nobody get offended, but I love you. John threw something at me. (laughs) Uh, But no, it's the the converts that, you know, really have come into a relationship with Christ, Mm -hmm. first and foremost. That are out there going, my life is different because of yes. this man. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I think and, Saint Paul was a convert.
3: <laughs> yeah, if I remember, right.
2: I have to look that one up. Check I'm it make out. Sure, is that check it can
0: out. I, can I read that
1: somewhere? <laughs>
2: Just saying,
1: it's possible. Okay. There's a road on. The, so, to as,
0: as a me. convert on fire, your kids went to high school. Yep. You didn't leave them alone. Sounds like yep. you get really involved at in the high school. To the point where, like, the school officials came to you and said, by the way, we need some help over here with some other people? Is that kind of—how would you explain that story? So
3: the uh, teachers—my kids both went to Blessed Trinity Catholic High School. Shout out to BT. Uh, Best decision we've ever made. Amen. Um, So— Actually, all three of us. That's right, yeah. oh, that's right.
1: Yeah, all three of us, our kids went there.
3: Right, so the teachers, before school starts, they have a few days of preparation or whatever, and um, one of the assistant principals came to me and asked me if I would speak to them about the impact that BT had on my family. And I said, well, yeah, How long? how long you got? <laughs> and it wasn't long, but I talked to them about how important the teacher role is and how the teachers at blessed trinity affected my kids differently my kids are very different had very different experiences at bt but yet there were teachers there that took the time to listen or to hug or just to be there for them and that's kind of why I spoke to them was because I wanted the teachers to know that we don't just come to you for instruction or for religious education. We come to you for real life lessons as Mm -hmm. well. And so those little small efforts that they each made, made an impact on my life. And that's all that I shared with them. And they just needed to be reminded of that Mm -hmm. because that's what it really is, is about us listening to each other and having an impact on each other's lives.
0: So as you're here talking to our listeners, how would you encourage them in dealing with their children?
3: So I'm still very involved with my kids are 24 and 20 now, and they get real tired of me texting them and their friends all the time, but I do it all the time. Uh, An example of that is my son goes to Wofford College and um, is part of the baseball program there. And he's one of nine kids of the junior class. And before each game, I will send texts them in a group either an inspirational message or some scripture verse that I think they might need to hear going into a big weekend. And generally they all respond with a heart. Now I don't usually get a comment back, but as long as I see that heart, I know that they've read it. So one of the things that I've always done for both of my kids, I do it for my daughter and her girlfriends as well, is I just text them. I just get involved in their lives and I'm not afraid to text a scripture verse or something inspirational or just to tell them that I love them because sometimes kids don't hear that and you don't know what each child is hearing from their parents. So I would just encourage parents to be bold in getting involved with their kids' friends and in their lives, even when they're 24 and 20. They're still your kids and you can Uh, still speak into them. That's great
2: advice. kind of jotting here like, well, how would you, what would you tell them and so I would encourage them yeah. to just be bold.
3: Yeah. Just be bold. You're always a parent, right? And they can get mad at you or they can say, mom, that's too much or please don't text that or whatever. Well, okay. I'll, I might scale it back a little bit, but Holy. I have never, <laughs> I have never yet gotten a text back to say stop. Stop. Right. Very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. yeah. So let's keep going then.
2: So they're high school. You got them. You're encouraging them to be bold. Yeah. Then they're off to college. And let's just say they, uh, there's somebody listening and their kids did not have your influence or their influence in high school. Yeah. They're in college. The conclusion is they're in college. They're going to get married. It's
3: too late. No. Talk to that. Please. I don't think it's ever too late. I have nieces and nephews that are in their thirties and I will do the same thing for them where I will send them. Just wanted to let you know that I'm praying for you today. Just those words, even friends of my sons who are Uh, One in particular that is playing for a minor league baseball team. He went to Blessed Trinity, Mm -hmm. went to Walford College, was drafted and is doing really well. I spoke with him on FaceTime the other day. He calls me back after I texted him just to say, Mama Milani, you have no idea how much your texts mean to me. Now, this kid's 23 years old. It's never too late to speak into them. You don't know what they need on any particular day. Susan, as I listen to you say that, we or I may
2: even be missing a thing because I'm thinking of situations where there's a void. The fact of the matter is, the most devout of us will benefit from a text of encouragement.
3: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And -hmm. just, I'm praying for you. That's all. Yeah. It doesn't have to be true. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this long, lengthy words of wisdom for mom type of thing, right? It just has to be a sincere, heartfelt text that lets somebody know that they're cared for and that they're prayed for.
1: Yeah. We're almost shamed out of it in a way by their parents. You know, they, yeah. they say, oh, your kids are on their own. You need to don't, don't, uh, don't. Smother them. Yeah, don't, that's it. Don't smother them. Don't text them so often. Don't do this. Don't do that. Well, you're not nagging them with your text. No. You're sending words of encouragement. You're sending words of truth. Yes. You're sending words of faith. And yet, people, are, okay, now they're they're 21. They can go make their own yeah, decisions. They the valve off for yeah, some reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's not what that we He's might do. We're just loving do. them, right? I mean, that's yeah. exactly
3: right. Yeah. Like Jesus would do, right? No,
0: right. I mean, look at John sent me a text one morning. He was like, hey, I was in my prayer chair. I thought about you. I appreciate you.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Made the world a difference.
3: Absolutely, Isn't that awesome. Yeah, and, that's awesome. and there was no scripture verse texted no, no, or anything was, like it that. Just, it was just, I just the thought, thought
2: about you, and yep. you know, I appreciate. Yeah, it was you. John ten fifteen. Yeah, right. right. It, was, it was John at ten fifteen. Of course, right that one. <laughs> it was more like John at four fifteen. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah I, that's I, I, it. I forgot about
1: that. That's <laughs> Hope sweet. you're up. That's awesome. The other piece that I love that you do is that you also include your your kids' friends in that. Yeah, and you may not even know them
3: that well. No, but, I don't actually.
1: Yeah, and but your friend. Your kids tell you, this is the group I'm hanging yep. with. These are the people. And so do you just ask them, hey, can I have the phone number? How, I how ask do you do my, that?
3: My, my children, yeah. I say, do you think it would be okay if I got so-and-so's phone number and if I could text them every now and again if you feel like they're struggling? So the baseball team guys were like, oh, yeah, we want them. You know, right. Bring it. And my daughter's friends as well. They, they think it's funny that if there's ever a prayer that's needed, they're like, oh, I'm going to reach out to Gabby's mom, you know? That's okay. Reach out to me. I'll very pray for awesome. you any day. So you just ask their permission and the I kids ask go, permission. here's
1: my phone number, Miss Milani yeah. Sure. I yeah. don't even really know you, yeah. but I, I trust that yeah. this is. Now, you also did something really special with the moms of Jack's baseball team, right. too.
3: So after I started texting the boys, I realized that there was a need for the moms to get together and pray together, and we're very lucky because we have a wonderful group of faith-filled women. And so we started a Zoom prayer call every Monday night. And we generally pray over the boys, over the entire team. We pray for their health and for their bodies, for their minds, of course, for them to win at baseball. But you know, <laughs> Cause God cares about because God does care about baseball. Um, <laughs> but then we also were like, well, what other intentions do you have to pray for? And there's one other Catholic woman in there. So we're sitting there, you know, making the sign of the cross together and everybody else is looking at us, but very mindful and respectful of <laughs> what right, we yeah. do. And it's just a way for us to share, but just to be able to share that faith portion of your life that not a lot of people in our secular world feel comfortable doing. I'm like, let's just do it. If you can come, great. If you can't, I'll pray by myself. I'm good with that. But it's been about eight women every single Monday night. Wow.
2: And, and the truth, Mark, to your question, like, so you just ask for their phone number and they give it. The fact of the matter is kids are giving out their phone numbers for all kinds of crazy mm-hmm. reasons to right. all kinds of crazy people. Why right. not a woman who's going to Pray for. Right. I'm a crazy prayer person. Right. Yeah. Another crazy prayer mama. <laughs> a yeah. crazy Catholic? Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's some more alliteration for there it. you. Just, go. I'm just saying. It's all good.
1: And have you had any um, kind of, I guess one phrase is a glory story. Have you had any stories of things that have come back? I know you just mentioned a couple of the kids who came back and said, and let you know how much it meant to you, I mean, for a child to FaceTime you after a text, but anything with the, the other moms or other members of the teams team where you've seen God really step
3: in? So there was one young man that's actually a senior and he's not part of the, the group and he'd been really struggling lately with baseball and he lives very far away. He's from Texas and so he's in Spartanburg, South Carolina, going mm. to college. Yeah. And I asked his mom, I said, may I have your son's phone number? Um, because she had expressed to me that he was struggling. I said, I'd be honored to be able to pray for him. And she just starts crying. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I didn't mean to do that. you know." <laughs> but, And so I ended up sending a text to him, and he uh, responded with words. Thank you so much, Mrs. Milani. You have no idea how much this means. I've been really uh, struggling, and these words mean everything. And I was like, okay,
0: gotcha. Good. That also speaks to your kids, though, because if your kids were not connected with them right. and there wasn't something that others saw in their life, right. they'd be like, okay, your kids are weird, you're weird, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and and you wouldn't be getting hearts back, you'd be getting right. a whole lot of other things. That's true. But that does speak volumes to your your children, how they've touched people enough that they're like, I trust these people yeah. and your good people, or yeah. however you want to translate
2: it. Thank you. It. Mm, so, yeah. Susan. Tell us before we ask you to close in prayer, like some last minute ideas, just encouragement that you would have for our listeners.
3: I would just simply say, just take the time to hear people's concerns and do not be afraid to talk about God. I don't care if this is a secular world, just talk about God because you just don't know who really needs to hear it. Thank you. Would you talk about God? Yes, I'd be happy to. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time in the family room and for Mari's friendship. Thank you for inspiring us to live our lives fully each day and to be bold in sharing the beauty of our Catholic faith with others. Lord, I ask you to please bless the many listeners of this program as they find peace and comfort through these discussions. I ask you to bless the quest as they strive to provide a safe place for Catholics and others to learn more about the Word of God and all the beauty that surrounds him. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are and all that you provide to all of us. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Father, Father, Father Son, Holy, Spirit, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Susan Milani, we thank you so much for being with us here in the family room. Thank you. It was it's an been, it's honor. It's been awesome. such Excellent. a blessing. Listeners, thank you for being with us. We hope that you were encouraged today. And please join us again here next week in the family room, where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families.
4: Thanks for hanging out with us in the family room. Sponsored by Versprite. For more info, go to am1160thequest.com.